This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast, where we talk real life, real drama in real time. I'm Katie. And I'm Marie. Hello. Hello. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, He's an improviser. He is a beleaguered dad of three, and he's (laughs) a really funny guy, one of my good friends and teammates on Nothing Burger. Please, everyone say hello to John Rufael. Hello. Oh, man. What a great intro. This sums it up. <laughs> Beleaguered is that's a big word. I, I have to say, I was an English yeah. an English major. I was an English major. It's college okay. is way in the rearview mirror now. But yep. Yeah, I bet your were proud of the English. No, were they were not. They, they were not proud. <laughs> no, I have I have immigrant parents. They wanted me to be an accountant or a doctor. Oh. Those were those were the two options. An accountant? A pharmacist. I have a lot of pharmacists. Yeah. I have a lot of accountants in my family. Okay. Can, are yeah. you good with math or, or numbers? No. No. That's why no. I studied English. <laughs> I was not good at all with math. Did you have any emphasis in English? Like any like version of literature or anything? Yeah. I loved uh, British literature, like medieval British literature. I was actually... In college, I I became it wasn't like a TA. It was kind of like um, what we would do. Like we we're studying Middle English epics, so we would read like the Canterbury Tales, and we'd read it in Middle English. And I remember being very proud because my professor was like, "You're really good at reading and pronouncing Middle English. Help your fellow students." So I, I me and this other guy who I can't remember now, had to set up sessions with other students, and they would come in and we'd read Middle English together for like, I don't know, 45 minutes. It was very weird, a very weird thing in my life, but I enjoyed it. This is why we always love doing Shakespeare scenes with you in improv. (laughs) We do. We do some very high drama scenes in our improv shows. That's for sure. Oh, I love that. I've got to come see one of these shows eventually. We got one tonight. Yeah, come out. Oh, you can't. You're probably (laughs) not in in LA. But yeah, yeah. One of these days, I've been. I've visited LA fairly frequently, so I'll get a chance to. I'll get a chance to come see for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, when Um, you first graduated from uh, your English major, did you immediately use it? Did you discover other paths that you could use it for? Like how, how did it come into play? 
Yeah, I I did. I did. I I because like I, I was always good with words and in, in terms of like writing and I, I'm actually an over communicator. I'm very verbose. I write a lot and I speak a lot. And but like in terms of communication, like when I started working, especially um, it, writing good emails was like was very prized. I worked with a lot of people much older than me at the time who was like I was noticing, oh man, these these emails are kind of rough. Um, which is not, it's just not a good look. I mean, it's a, a lot easier now because, you know, AI is going to write everything for us. But like at the time it was, uh, it was very useful. I, I mean, it still is useful, but yeah, it came into, came in handy pretty, pretty quickly. Were you guys, I mean, Katie, you're an improviser, but like, do you, are you English majors or I feel like we're all nerds. So we read a lot anyway. <laughs> well, speaking of nerds, wait, I want a non sequitur and talk about your shirt there and back again. Okay. And that's, sure. Is that a Hobbit reference? It's or, absolutely no. a Hobbit it's reference. A, yes, yes, it's a fun run though, which is yeah. like a Hobbit. It's a fun run. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And I yeah. was thinking the, the the you said the Middle English. I was just thinking, wow, um, how funny it comes for full circle there and back again. It sure. was a fun it run. Sure it themed fun run. What does that mean? What what is a fun run? Because that those words don't go together for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. I get that. Well, here's, here's the, here's the funny thing is like, I did not participate in any fun run, so I couldn't tell you what a fun run is. Um, my wife just saw this shirt and thought it was fun and got it for me. Cause she knows I love the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So she got it and was like, all right, great. I'll wear this all the time. And I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, uh Marie, we're in the same camp. Neither one of us knows what a fun run is. Yeah, <laughs> and I, 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 I vowed to never find out. Um, <laughs> as for my major, I was a sociology major, <laughs> which um, was useless as well. Oh, I, I know that you can do some things with it. I, I all I think it did was make <laughs> me more depressed about the world. <laughs> I think sociology really kind of is like, <laughs> oh, we're all fucked, aren't we? So uh, yeah, yeah haven't used that yet <laughs> yeah it's brutal it's brutal out there it's yeah. only been getting worse <laughs> it's speaking of uh, unused uh, degrees i major i double majored in psychology and in theater <laughs> um, <laughs> so well, like you know i why you're depressed when you don't get jobs i do <laughs> yeah no i do i like literally was uh filing for unemployment <laughs> as you guys were loading it <laughs> <laughs> But uh, luckily, yeah. I feel like I've, I've had enough therapy or <laughs> like studied enough therapy that I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty okay about all the prospects and everything like that, keeping myself <laughs> sane. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So it's one day at a time, man. That's all you can do. It's just <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time. It's true. degrees. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you probably use a lot more of your communication skills and your English skills in your current job. Do you want to talk anything about that or totally up to you? <laughs> and you know, I'd love to learn more. Yeah, no, yeah, sure. I do. Yeah, yeah, no. I, so I, I'm an event producer for my day job, which is is fun. It's cool. It's not like what I, you know, dreamed of doing or, or dream still of doing, but like it's, it's really, it is very fulfilling and it's, I'm lucky because it's a 
creative job. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to be in a job that is creative. Um, and yes, I do use my communication skills quite a lot. I have to like, it's a lot of writing emails and, and writing, you know, like decks and, and all that kind of thing. And then just, you know, being on site too, having to talk to a group of people and having to, whether you're managing or being managed, having to communicate with people to kind of let them know where you are or what you need or, you know, anything like that. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, so it's very, it's very helpful. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm confident in my communication ability. So that also helps like to just be able to stand there in front of like the president or the CEO of like a big multi-billion dollar corporation and, and not be sweating about the words I'm going to say, because I, I, I know words so I can use them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very helpful. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely an advantage I would say. But I was thinking about like you writing emails and it's funny because I hate writing certain kinds of emails and my partner writes a lot of my emails. It's really funny because it's a skill like to be, you know, to have brevity, um, but get your point across and also like just communicate in a way that people will get. And I th- I'm not saying I'm not capable of that, but sometimes I get nervous. Like I have to tell this person something they probably don't want to hear. How do I do that? You know, and I, I sure. think I-, I could use, I could use you. Like if you ever want to get into the email <laughs> writing game. Um, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> I definitely hire you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's like, it's valid. Like you got to telling people stuff they don't want to hear. It's, I mean, it's easier over email. You don't have to talk to them face to face, but you know, it's not Fair fun. It's enough. never fun. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there anything that you go yeah. into writing emails, especially if it has like big information or like concerning things that you have to communicate? Is there any kind of ideal that you go into before sending those emails? Like, do you go back to your middle English or do you just sort of like <laughs> have a set number of goals? <laughs> I, I mostly try to keep them as short as possible because people don't want to read. Uh, but sometimes I have fun. Sometimes I'll throw in like a literary reference in there and nobody ever gets them. I don't think I've ever been called out. Um, but yeah, sometimes, but usually that's like, it's business. So like nobody, nobody, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should add more personality to my emails and then uh, maybe people will like me more. I don't know. I just, uh, I just try to keep it short and like, here's the information and like, off you go. This is great, right? Like people want to li- hear about emails on a podcast. They want to just <laughs> talk, talk about writing emails. You'd be surprised what people connect with. No, like, because I don't like to tell people things in email. I'm a caller. I love to call. Okay. Just tell you. I could give you bad news over the phone. <laughs> I don't care. Like, let me just spit the words out. But like emailing, I think it's because it's so easy for things to seem passive aggressive or like emotions can't always be accurately. But maybe you don't have this problem because you were an English major. You know, things can't always be communicated. No, no, no. I'm very (laughs) passive aggressive. Okay. (laughs) I I am. I'm very <laughs> passive aggressive. It is a flaw. Uh, it is a personality flaw, I admit. And 
it, it's actually, you're reminding me, it's one of the great joys I take in writing emails is being <laughs> passive aggressive in email. And I, oh. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Be, I'm not good at it because I like to, I like to really make sure that people are going to know I'm being passive aggressive on the email. Like it's not hidden. Oh. It's not subtle. It's just like, I love do, it. Do you ever use the per my last email? <laughs> oh yeah. The what? Per my last email. Oh, <laughs> I've used it a couple of times. It's not a, it's not a staple. I would say I, uh, I think I just, yeah, I, I God, I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I just had it like an exchange recently where I was just like, this person is just looking down on me and I don't like it. I don't like that. So I'm going to say something. I've, I'm definitely also somebody who has to like, I got to take a step away and then I got to read the email and then I got to take it out. And then I got to just like, got to just like, okay, I got to, so I do do that, but they get through that passive aggressive stuff that gets through. <laughs> Have you I ever been it. called out by any like higher ups or anyone for some of your passive aggressive emails? No, no. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do it to like direct supervisors or <laughs> sure. higher ups. It's more like lateral people or like if, if I just, I just don't, I don't like, if I feel like I'm being disrupted, which is hard, it's hard because email is like, you shouldn't read. T oh my god, this whole thing is going to be about email. I can't believe this is. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's it's fine. not. I'm this leaning. Is, this is the beauty of editing. I'm leaning we into can it. Always like take. Go for no, it. Go for I'm it. I'm leaning into it. It's going to be an hour ahead. about emails. Okay. <laughs> um, but his I, emails, though, that's what we'll call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that's the, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I don't think I. I, I just. I'll I'll usually take something out, but like generally I'll let it in. And it's just like, then there's just, nobody wants to be confrontational, right? So they don't, nobody like brings it up. But then if we ever meet in person and sometimes we do or connect in person, it'll be like, mm-hmm, yeah. And that's the other thing too, in person, I'm just like, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm almost the personification of passive aggressive, if that makes sense. I'll just stand there and I'll just be like, listen, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really great. You should do that. You should absolutely do that. It's just like. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Does that, do you yeah. think that comes from like, like, hey, I don't want to engage in like this version of like what you're putting out. So I'm just going to put up a bit of a wall. Like, do you feel, do you find yourself like protecting yourself emotionally in a lot of things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it. Well, here's, yeah, I, I do, but it's also, <laughs> this is going to be so terrible to say. I, if I, if I feel, I'm, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to, if I feel like, <laughs> if I just feel like it, if someone's being disrespectful towards me, I immediately, <laughs> I just immediately like kind of rank them in terms of like where I think intelligence wise they sit. And I just immediately think I, I'm better than you. I'm just better than you. And I want you to know it, that I'm better than you. And that's not necessarily true. That's not the truth. It's just how I feel at the time. And I, um, I that's such a great like technique of dealing with confrontation. I've never kind of been explained like how you could be like, 
instead of because I always take I always take the lower end I always take the like oh I must be lower than you but like to have the idea just mentally not necessarily in like actual status but like oh like the Ron Swanson I know more than you (laughs) yeah 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 in improv terms I take the high status road I'm just like I'm gonna be the high status character you're the buffoon and I'm just gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you how it is Uh, that's my fantasy. It never works out that way. So kids don't follow that advice. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I feel like it's a good one. Do you think, does any of that come from your parents or just like from um, them being immigrants and like feeling out of place by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. I take after my dad in that way. I think my dad is very like, he's non-confrontational, but he's also like, he can't hide his feelings. And I'm, I'm very much like, I'm the same way. I'm just like, and he always thinks, someone's disrespecting him which is like as a kid I was just like no that's not the case and now as an adult it's weird to find myself in the same position like just like no that's absolutely not true like nobody's even thinking about you let's just let's just like zoom out for a second and just kind of take stock of the situation in the grand scheme of things what does this matter it means nothing like you'll get past it and it'll be fine no one's going to remember this in a week do you remember any circumstances when you were a kid that like your dad kind of reacted a little bit harsher than you were expecting and took a higher ground. Uh, took a higher ground in what sense? Just like the high status sort of approach uh, that you, you take now. No, my dad is, cause my dad is like English is a second language and he, he, he's like a math person and he worked very hard to sort of like get to where he is. So he's a really hard worker and he's a, he's a humble guy. But like he, so he never took that high status route, but yes, he's definitely behaved more harshly than he should have in situations. Like he's just got a temper and it just happens sometimes. Um, But never like, not crazy, he's like never punched anybody, but he just, you know, (laughs) he's maybe like raised his voice when he shouldn't have. And it's just kind of like, it's fine. It's relaxed. It's fine. Um, But yeah, that's it. And where where did your parents uh, come from? Egypt. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did a career path or or anything bring them out to America? And did where did y'all land? No, it's like my mom was my my mom was she came when she was younger, like twelve or thirteen, I think, and her dad was a was a minister. And my dad's dad was also a minister, funnily enough. And but like she came and kind of grew up here, kind of went to like high school and, and on here and then went back and met my dad and they got married and, or they fell in love and then she got him to come over here and they got married and, and that was it. I think it was just really just that dream of like moving to America and making a better life and all of that. So, and that, that was really it because their careers have diverged kind of wildly. They've just kind of been all over the place. Awesome. It's all, it was always about making a living. Well, like my mom, my mom worked in like a, a bank for a while and then she became a manager at a diner and like in the restaurant business was ended up being where she stayed. Like she just, she just loves people and she loves interacting with people and she's really good at it. So she just, she makes them feel welcome and she makes them feel comfortable. So like, you know, being like a manager of a restaurant or a diner or something like that was very, it's, people love that. They love her. So she fit like a glove and I think she really enjoys it too. And um, my dad ended up, he's an, he's an accountant, but he has like a day job as 
I don't quite know what. Every time I say, it sounds like a social worker, but every time I say that, he gets mad at me. So it's not that, but it seems like it's kind of like that. And okay. then he does like accounting on the side, um, but he loves that. He loves doing, weirdly, he just loves being an accountant. So that's what he does. And he had to work really hard to get to that. But like, it wasn't ever, there was never, there was no dream career for them to come here. I think it was just being here and kind of being able to raise a family here and, and do well enough that they could stay. And then you became an English major. And yeah, I really, I broke their hearts. Dream. I really did. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. Are yeah. you our only child? No, I have a brother. I have a little brother. So did did your brother uh, become an accountant or a pharmacist? No, no, <laughs> no, he didn't. He also <laughs> was an English major, and he, but he took it a step further. He he got his master's in English, and oh, yes. he oh, yes. was doing, yeah. And now he's like he works in HR and he's uh, and he still lives like in New Jersey where I'm from with near my parents. So they uh, he's doing great. He's doing great. Everybody's doing great over there. I love it. I love it. HR. Uh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure, yeah. HR. That's a lot different than accounting. So very very it. different. But you know <laughs> it's numbers, I guess, and people, people like I don't know. A lot of people Data. statistics. All kinds of yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah. what what brought you to a event producing? Like I know that you're an improviser. Was the dream always to to be acting? And is it still to be acting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, that, that's it. Like I'm I'm a performer. I grew up with like doing theater, like from a very young age. Like it started in church and then I would do it in school and then like high school it was like like probably like a lot of us, like where you start to find your interest and really delve deep. And that was always my thing. Um, and then I, you know, after college, I moved to New York and like my friends, I have these t- like two close friends who I made in high school and we just, we love doing theater together. And we were able to kind of stay connected all through high school, college into, then we moved into to New York together and we would just do theater all the time. We started with improv, taking improv classes, everything we could take. And then my other one, my, one of my friends and I started writing musicals because we were musical theater people. And we just, you know, there was a span of like five or six years after college where we just, we wrote like two or maybe two or three shows and we put them up and we took them through like the festival circuit that was in New York for musical theater. So we did the Fringe Festival and then we would do, we tried to do Nymph, which we ended up doing a few years ago. And that was, that was great. It was a great, it was like, oh my God, it was the best time like ever being in New York city and just doing improv and theater. And like, you know, we still had day jobs, but we were doing theater pretty much every time we weren't in our day jobs. So it was great. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I, it, yeah it was do awesome. you have a musical that you're working on right now? And like, do we, is there anywhere we can find some of these musicals or like even see wow. footage? Yeah, I mean, we're funny enough. We did start writing a new show. It's very early days, so it's it's not like anywhere close to presentable. But yeah, we did. We there are there is a cast album of ours that is called like we we. <laughs> so back in oh god, I want to say maybe twenty eleven. 
I can't remember, but back when Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was coming to Broadway and it kept getting delayed, um, my friend who I write shows with ended up getting so frustrated because all the news stories about Broadway at the time were about Turn Off the Dark and it would keep getting delayed, keep getting delayed. And they were putting all this money into it and it ended up costing something like $100 million to get this show produced, which is an insane amount of money for a a musical. Like it's like, that's crazy. Musicals are not profitable ventures. Do you know what I mean? So he got so frustrated. It's just like one day he made a video and he posted it on Facebook. And it was the premise of it was like, how much, like, what does it really take to do a good Spider-Man origin musical? And he basically bet the internet (laughs) that he could, he could write and mount a Spider-Man musical, an origin musical in 30 days with no money and no script, no nothing. He had nothing. He's like from today to 30 days, 30 days from now, there will be a Spider-Man musical that we will do for $0 and it will play in New York City and uh, like one night only kind of thing. And that went viral. And so he was like, I, I guess I have to do this now. <laughs> so <laughs> he he called me or I mean, he, I don't know. We talked about it, I think the next day and we started writing like that that night or that weekend. And we just kind of wrote feverishly for a week and got, or maybe two weeks and got like a draft out. And then we just pulled out all of our improviser friends who are musical people and we just like cast them. And then we rehearsed for two weeks and we, you know, he, he made videos blogging it the whole way through. And it's, it's like the, the Spidey, I think I want to say it's like the spideyproject.com at this point. If you look, if you, if you Google the Spidey project, it'll, the blog, the blog spot page will come up. And all those diaries are there. And there's a cast album that I think you can listen to for free. And it's, uh, it was, it was good. And it went like, it was crazy. It was like the, the closest we ever got to virality, but it was awesome. But yeah, that's out there. That's amazing, dude. What what role did you play? I played, (laughs) I played, uh, I think his name was Kent Holbrook, um, the reporter. And I, I played a few, like we're improvisers, right? So like, especially in my friend, my friend shows, because he's a heavy improviser too, he tends to cast very few actors and everybody plays a bunch of different roles. So I played the, I played the reporter who was kind of like the narrator. And then I played um, the, the villain, the chameleon. Uh, so yeah, it was super fun. And my That's other awesome. close friend played Peter Parker, Spider-Man and uh, my friend who I wrote it with played a small part, the scientist who who basically is the reason Peter Parker got uh, bit by radioactive spider in the first place. And then a bunch of other other friends just filled out other roles. And it was it was awesome. It was a great time. And then we did it again in 2018 at Nymph. That was the last year they were there. We did it at, um, one more time. So it was super fun. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, thanks. and it's, 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 it's stuff like that where you get different things like... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Fellowship, the uh, Lord of the Rings musical. It was around the same time, I think, as Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And they were talking about, like, what is the most ridiculous thing that you could try and turn into a musical? And so they said, why don't we just turn the Lord of the Rings into a ridiculous all-out <laughs> baller musical? So this feels very yeah. similar to it. Yeah. yeah. And now they're doing it for real. Like, I think in London, I think they just opened a little while ago, this actual, this Lord of the Rings musical, which... I don't know. I love Lord of the Rings is like my favorite thing ever. I don't see how it's a, I it's mean, there's songs in it, but like, 
Okay. All right. Yeah. There we go. It's a total parody. Like Eowyn and Aragorn are just like all over each other the entire time. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's very ridiculous. Uh, if anyone is familiar with the actress Edie Patterson, who you might know from certain shows that I won't mention because of strike <laughs> reasons, but right, uh, right. she, she plays Eowyn um, and a couple other characters very similarly. So I'm very excited to, to check out this Spider-Man project and see. Yeah, it's um, oh, and it, we filmed it. Duh. Oh my God. I'm, I'm buried the lead. We filmed it too. And it's all on YouTube for free. You could like watch the production that we did back in whatever it was, 2011, 2012, much younger versions of ourselves doing this show um it was super fun super super fun that's fantastic. i love it um yeah i definitely already looked it up so got it pulled up and i'm ready to watch <laughs> i'm just so excited are you, are you guys musical people i feel like i know katie and i have done some scenes bordering on music we haven't quite gotten there because some people in our group are not for that and i can't remember katie if you are or not but like i think it was but I, was, I wasn't sure. Are you guys like musical people? Uh, as in talent? No. Um, my, my dad was a musician. Um, I was raised on a lot of musicals. So, uh, you know, I, I love them. And I enjoyed them. There's nothing too cheesy for me. I wish my partner was into musicals because we would watch a lot more. But yeah, I, I, I think musicals are the funnest thing to happen. And I just... I don't know who thought to sing and act at the same time one day, but I, I love that person. <laughs> well, I do. I, I also love musicals. I have been told when I was growing up and doing like different plays and musicals and things that I, I could not sing and I had two left feet. Uh, and that stuck with me for <laughs> longer than it probably should have. But like every award I ever won was either for a comedy or for a musical because you know, they're louder, they're more expressive, but I honestly, I find something so beautiful, especially when you get like a really good ballad telling a story and like they just break out into song and it just fills you with so many different emotions that just words alone don't describe. I find that so admirable. Uh, I'm terrified of singing in front of people. That's why I usually <laughs> like try to make beats or sounds or something. Sure. Um, but, you know, that. like, we'll sing when absolutely needed because, you know, especially as improvisers, <laughs> whenever someone calls you out for something, like, you you have to go with it. Um, <laughs> I'm always down to clown. It's not going to come out great. <laughs> um, but, yeah. No, I, I love that. Are, are your kids uh, anything of, like, are they they trying to be singers, dancers, like any kind of artistic tendencies in your kids? They all they all have artistic tendencies. They're young. Like my I have the oldest is 11 and she she definitely leans artistically. She I don't know what her niche is, but she likes to draw and uh, paint and she likes craft crafty things and she likes to write, which is really cool. Um, and my my middle daughter is definitely a performer like she just oh, yeah. she wants to perform and uh she likes she's very dramatic and she just and she's fun she she has a lot of fun doing it so yeah and then my son he's he's too young i don't know yet we'll see but i, I don't know we'll see do their schools or anything have any kind of programs or, or have you been to many school plays yet or is that 
sort of ramping up for when your 11 year old gets into middle school? No, I've, I've been to a couple. Yeah. Cause my, the, the elementary school, my middle daughter goes to does like a, I just signed her up for this like last week. This is program like called the, it's like drama maniacs, which is basically like after school, she stays for one day a week. She'll stay for an hour, hour and a half. And she'll like, you know, they'll, they'll like, they make up a show over the course of 10 weeks and then, yeah, they have a performance at the end of each semester. So yeah, I've, she was in kindergarten last year. So I went to two of them and I'm going to go to two of them this year and it's fun. It's fun. She loves it. So I'm, I'm happy to, it's like, yes, please do it. Oh my gosh. And like, I've tried to, I've told them about improv and I don't think they quite understand it yet. And they keep, they've asked me like, when can we go see one of your shows? And I'm like, probably not for a while. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, have you ever been too adult for you to come see one of our shows? Kids? No, I've never done improv for kids. I've done theater for kids, but I've never done improv for kids. It, it can't be, be fun. fun. Like there, there's a there's a group that Story Pirates. They they do sort of like yeah. something like that. Um, which if anyone watches a certain show, I didn't work on it, so I guess I could say it. But if anybody watches Abbott Elementary, they they do sort of a storyline where they ha- I think they call them Story Ninjas or something, and it's very <laughs> Story Pirate adjacent. And um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like you you get sort of like suggestions from the kids and then you kind of create a story about what it is that they want to talk about and then sort of solve yeah. a problem within that. Yeah, my that's college fun. team, my college team would do high schools. Um, oh, wow. Which was a fun line because, you, you know, you could do you could you could you could make it a little edgier, but you still yeah. had to keep it uh pretty p you know pg PG. uh i like to push boundaries but uh my teacher my improv teacher always had to be like you can't do that one anymore you can't do that one anymore what were you doing (laughs) oh i could you know it's what i one time i remember this is horrible i i would never do it again um i don't remember (laughs) what we were playing but i said oh hello I am Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> okay. Okay. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said he, he, I nearly got kicked off the team. I did it, thankfully, because he really loved me. But he's like, you, you know, there's got to be a line. But I thought, you know, I was at that time in my life when I was like, well, I'm black. So I get to say that word as much as I want to. Um, but <laughs> I'm surprised they let us back. To this yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last name of Arnold. That's the yeah. name. It is the last name. Yeah, it is last name. Yeah, it reminds me. So I, I mean, speaking of like growing up in church, we, I, I think you already know John, but we talk about growing up in a church setting um, as well. I know. Uh, Marie's dad was also very heavily involved in the church and so my parents are as well but um, I I went to a Christian college and we did the music man (laughs) Um, and I played the mayor's wife Um, okay and I had a little too much fun because we had the sweetest assistant director stage manager um but she she was very like had to be proper had to make sure that everybody got their notes before stage time and uh, would individually bring them and I always got the note they were like when you're like when you're listening off the the like 
the authors that are in the library that you're you disapprove of like please don't emphasize it the way that you're doing it and I was like how and I would always play dumb I was like, how am I doing it and she's like well it, the name is Balzac and you're really em- <laughs> emphasizing balls <laughs> and I would make her do it for me <laughs> and I was like I just I'm not hearing it <laughs> I love that it brings a different meaning to 76 trombones leading us <laughs> I mean, but like that was the thing that like made me laugh so hard because I had all like the pick a little ladies were just the church ladies in like my hometown. Yeah, you know, like everybody was like making a big deal over such little things, which is one of the reasons why I do actually love the Music Man. It's such a ridiculous and sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was a bit of a pisser when I was younger slash still today um i do i totally connect with you john on the that whole thing like if i feel like um whenever i see somebody like in a position of power that like uses that to their ill will i get very sassy it's why i earned the nickname yeah. in college as el sassy pants because my last name is was el Sesser, now hampton whoop whoop easier to pronounce she's Uh, married (laughs) have i talked about it yet Uh, (laughs) but um yeah like i i would have teachers that would like be rude to other students and then i would start to drill them just to see like like it it really grits my teeth when someone uses their position of power to like either like talk down to someone or or do something that just seems mean like you know like just borderline mean yeah. I, like i end up getting really sassy do either of y'all feel that as well oh i was the kid in class who corrected my teachers with bible verses i was like <laughs> well actually the bible has something to say about this <laughs> and then what can you do at a christian school to a kid correcting you with the Bible. Like, there's not much you can say to them, really. Uh, so it was, it was the perfect way to talk back and really have very little repercussions. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I loved to call teachers out on their lack of Christianity at my Christian school. <laughs> Jonathan, did that, does that ring true for you? Did you do anything to that effect when you were younger? No, I, I, no, not, not, not like with like, uh, no, I wasn't. I, um, I was, I was very, I think I was very like obedient kid. I like, especially with the church stuff, I went to a smaller church. It was very family run. Like my family was a big part of it. And my, like, I have a very big family. Like, so they were all there. A lot of them were anyway. And, and all the, all the, you know, it was like, it's an immigrant church. So it's kind of like everybody is your family, like you, you, I was raised in it. So it's like every, everybody is like an uncle or an aunt or whatever. And, you know, you gotta, and so you kind of like, you're just a big family, which is really nice. Um, no, by the, but by the time I started, so when I got to like high school and I started having questions and I, I actually love, really, I'm very interested, I'm fascinated by it. And so like, you know, I just, I just read a lot and I would read and I would question and, you know, you get to high school too, and you're just kind of like over it. And you're kind of like, ah, this doesn't make sense. And, and you think you know everything. And, and I kind of went through that phase too. And um, 
and and I I knew nobody could really answer my questions or kind of like, or maybe they were reading the Bible in a certain way that was like it doesn't it's not exactly I don't think what it's saying, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of like I'm not gonna. That's like my aunt. I can't say to my aunt like, uh, "Well, actually, let me tell you about uh, what this means." <laughs> I. So no, I never, I never went that. But I love that, Marie. I love you, like yeah, just I... correcting a <laughs> sassy teacher. <laughs> it was, you know, it's funny because um, I think that while you didn't do it when you were young. You saved it for the best part. You you saved all that passive aggressive. Saved it for adulthood. Yeah, for adulthood (laughs) and and being able to write amazing emails that I wish I could probably write. But yeah, I did. My wife, uh, my wife doesn't appreciate it, so it's okay. It's not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Are you passive aggressive to your wife? Is that? I am. I am. It's it's not again. It's a character flaw. It's not like a good thing. It's not a heroic trait to be passive aggressive. (laughs) Where did you meet your wife? Mm. Oh, uh, at Comic Con, actually. I met her. No at, way. At That's yeah. so cute. I it's love a very that. cute story. Yeah, yeah, it was very cute. It was. Um, we were working together on, on a, on. A, I was doing a panel, and she was working on. She was heading up transportation, for some of the folks I had on the panel. And we just we were we were working together for like months and just over phone because she was in California, I was in New York, and um, and we were just getting closer to the show. But like we, you have to arrange all that stuff like way in advance, so we were just kind of like hashing it out, and you know we'd talk on the phone and kind of really get, especially as we I was getting closer, just getting really granular and detailed. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm asking you to do a lot. Like if I can if I can try to maybe hook you up with some kind of badge because I had like a spare. She was like, yeah, I'd love to check it out. And so then we met and I was like, yeah, it's fine. No problem. And then we met on site and it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is, um, so she's, she's, I want to, I want to get to know her more. So, uh, we did and we just kind of hit it off that weekend kind of like very instantly. And, uh, yeah, we've been together ever since. Did you ask her to go get like a themed, like cocktail or something that was sort of nerd themed maybe even no no lord of the rings (laughs) no no but we did like we had a weird like this very sweet i remember like walking around the convention floor having this really like she told me she was she really loved like i don't know if you guys are anime fans but there's this anime that i love called roroni kenshin and she was into it too and i was like what i didn't i've never met anybody who was into it before it was like Oh, and that was just like, at that point, it was kind of, we were into each other and we knew we were both nerds. We just didn't know how deep it went. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. All right. Great. This is great. And it was, uh, yeah, we just went from there. Connecting as nerds is very special. I think it's. It is. Yeah. When you've got, when you nerd out on the same things, it's always amazing. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And it was funny. It was, you know, uh, this last Comic Con, uh, Marie and I brought both of our partners to Comic Con and seeing Nico, your partner, geeking out over just like the love of everything and how open and inclusive was such a sweet moment to see and be able to interview them for. Um, They were very excited about how inclusive Comic Con was. And it was like. I, I, I would have to say that's one of the like safest places that they have felt in a long time. 
you know, outside yeah. of, you know, of course, our little community. So um, that was really awesome. And yeah. uh, it's Comic-Con, so it's hella cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. How many Comic-Cons have uh, you been to, John? Um, A lot. <laughs> a lot. I I, I want to say over twenty, Whoa. because like I go between wow. San Diego and and I've been to New York a bunch, so yeah, like a lot. I've been to a Portland one, yeah, a whole bunch. Do you have and a favorite great. destination one? I mean, San Diego. I love San Diego. I love I love the people that. I mean, like, I love New York too because I I'm from there and I love like New York's like my favorite place in the world. Like I I just love that city. Um, so, but like, as far as like a show, like San Diego was always kind of the Mecca and to get to a place in my life where like, I, I can go, but like, I also know the people that run it and they're just good. They're all nerds. They're all like, it's a small group of people. Like it's, it's literally like 15 people running this huge, huge show. And they're all, they do it for the love. I mean, like for some of them, it is their full-time job, but it's not like glamorous. It's just, they do it for the love of it and they, you know, they do a great job. It's uh, so yeah, it's really, it's a really special show. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite one. Is there any like panel or event that you wish you could put together that like you haven't seen at Comic-Con before? Mm. Um, maybe that involves like comedy or musicals or anything that like, what what would be your most ideal event to conduct or see? I had an idea a few years ago for like a, essentially like a live debate show at Comic-Con mm. where like oh. you could create like, you know, cause, cause ner- like we're comic book nerds. We love to just pit things against each other. Or we like to have these debates about like what means what, like you can get really intellectual when it comes to like, you know, silly superhero, but they're not silly. They're like mythic. And so like, you, you like you, you can just get really into it. In, in a healthy way, not like, I mean, you can get into it in an unhealthy way too, but like, just like, you know, that the whole like who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman kind of thing is kind of like the, that's like the the knucklehead version of it, but it more of like what, why, what makes something like, what makes Superman a great character? And then you have like people debate about that and get like, you know, ideally it would be nuanced and a, and a fun conversation. I think that would be really fun. That was an idea I pitched a few years ago and it didn't take off because uh, it wasn't mainstream enough. Maybe I don't know, but it wasn't a thing. But I think like I think the people at Comic Con would dig something like that, like to be able to get up in front of other people and have a debate like like that on something that they love and want to defend. I think that's just kind of what we do. That's what like we do on message boards all the time. So it's like just bring it into the real world. So basically um, what you're telling me is that you want a judge Judy scenario where you have yeah. improvisers <laughs> who are part yeah. of Superman's team and Thor's team. And we yeah. have to figure out who would win in a fight and they have to legally debate that. That's through right. Improv. That's exactly right. Yes. Thank you. I love it. And I, uh, I want to wear the robe and I want to gavel yes. and I want to be able to declare <laughs> who won. Um, okay. So yeah. First of all, we need we need to workshop this maybe at the pack and maybe have this happen because I think this is a genius idea. <laughs> uh, you could do it at the pack. Yeah, it's true. Like it's uh, LA is a big. This is one of the things I love about LA. It's a big city of nerds. 
huge huge city of nerds and it always impresses me when people say like oh i'm not really into anything nerdy i'm like everyone is to some degree or another it's just a what flavor of nerd are you yeah i feel the same way everyone's a nerd it's just about what what are you like what are you into because somebody people into sports people into literature music or what everybody gets into their own thing yeah 100 percent I just learned that I'm a nerd. I mean, officially. I thought I was kind of dorky. But uh, Katie has has convinced me that I am officially a geek, a nerd. Yeah. Maria, I I told you. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I I listened to your podcast and I listened to you wax on about Tears of the Kingdom for like 45 (laughs) minutes, giving Katie like these tips. And I had to stop it because I wasn't that far in the game yet. I had to stop listening because I was like, I don't want to be spoiled. Oh, that that game's so good. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Donovan, do you even have time to play that game? Because you have a full-time job. You're also performing all other hours of the day. And you've got three kids. When do you have time to play this game? And how far have you gotten? <laughs> I play, I, I just got, let's see, I do, yeah, I, I, I play it on the, I can only play on weekends pretty much at oh. night when my kids either are getting close to or have relinquished the TV, um, although I have a monitor that sometimes I set up on, but yeah, uh, yeah, and I got to, let's see, I've, I've beaten two temples and I'm currently on a third, so okay. I probably still have a lot, which is fine. I. I love getting lost in the, I love these games. I, I get lost in them. I just go run away. Like I don't even. Do you, you, do you get help? Are you, one of, are you anti forum help or are you like, I tired of running in circles. I, I give me a hint. Yeah, no, I, I am, I am pretty staunchly anti forum help. I, uh, my daughter, cause my wife, my wife has my wife just races through games like she's like a gamer and she just so she got Tears of the Kingdom before I did and she just and it wouldn't have mattered she just plays faster than me so she's basically almost beaten the game and she stopped because she just she didn't want she wanted me to try to catch up and I think now she's just lost interest because it's been so long but so I have an 11 year old who will sit there watching me play because she enjoys that for some reason. And when I do get stuck, she'll be like, you want me to ask mommy? I'm like, no, I don't want you to ask mommy. We can just figure it out. That is so no. rude. <laughs> you want me to ask mommy? She probably knows. <laughs> no. You want me to ask mommy? I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm, See, I'm with your wife, though. Like, I, I've gotten basically to the point where I can just go and beat the game, and I refuse to because I also yes. don't want it to end. And it's such a beautiful yeah. open world to explore. Yeah, it's great. Well, I, 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 I think too. For me, I'm like I want to do 100 completion, and I think when I realize that that's not going to happen right now, I just had to put the game down for a while because. It's uh, yeah. what's taking me a long time is taking me a long time, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have the patience for to find every Korok and help their oh. buddies. Uh, you know, I just, I want to, I, I want to, I really sure. do. But yeah. I'm gonna have to, I, I have to rest. So right now I'm playing Overcooked, and that's oh. okay. Just a game that makes you angry. 
<laughs> all the time. It's just, it is an anger-inducing game. I don't know. My cortisol levels are probably through the roof. But um, oh boy. that's what I'm playing right now. Are your cortisol levels higher than they would be if you were playing Fortnite? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because Fortnite, really? the thing about Fortnite is I know that I'm going to go in there and some five-year-old is going to kick my ass. I go in there <laughs> knowing what's going to happen. So when I win, it's really exciting because, like, hey, like, I beat some kid with a twitch finger. Yeah. Um, you, you know, but... You beat a five-year-old. Over- exactly. <laughs> Anytime you can beat a five-year-old, it's a good time. It is. But yeah. I... <laughs> overcooked is almost a little too real like and especially now because it's maybe it's triggering because there's all sorts of fires that happen in the game like you could things go on fire and i'm like why am i doing this to myself i'm doing it (laughs) but i keep playing but things set on fire and you have to get your fire extinguisher and put it out and then you gotta cook all these meals and hopefully they tip you and just like but I, I, I'm playing it. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> totally get it. Well, and, that, and that's why I, I kind of half recommended open world games to you because like there, there's so much you can do, but there's also just so many res- resolutions that you could come to. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, if you're if you're looking for a great uh, podcast about uh, video games, there's plenty on the network. Um, there's the Xbox Game Passengers, um, and there's also Dynamic Resolutions, which I'm not sure if is part of the Geekscape banner, but whatever. Listen to those, you guys. Um, or be guests on it, and if either of you want to, I will definitely put you guys over there. Um, but yeah, are there any other games that you guys are playing right now? Like, I'm, I'm going through... Um, the new game Starfield, which is intense and um, beautiful. It's so good. Um, but are you guys uh, playing any other games besides Tears of the Kingdom? Or do you even have the time? <laughs> I I don't. I, I don't really have the time. I just I uh, <laughs> I'm I'm really curious about Baldur's Gate 3. I really want to jump into Baldur's Gate 3. I just don't have a computer that can run it right now, which is probably a good thing. Um, and Diablo Four too. I want to play some Diablo Four. Big RPG guy. So, okay, but okay. no, just Tears of the Kingdom. Um, quick question: Have you played Skyrim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on Skyrim? And do you think that Maria would like it? Hmm. Yeah, I, it's great. It's really, it's really like those Elder Scrolls game. Those are those games are big. They are. Yeah. Hu- if you think like Zelda's big, like these games are huge. Um. They're, they can be a little overwhelming. They are for me. Like I, this is the, Skyrim is the furthest I got in a Elder Scrolls game and I haven't beaten it. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go back to it at some point. And it's, it's, it's great. It's great. You should definitely check it out, Marie. And it's been they out for so long. have it on Switch? That's how oh. I am as a Switch. Okay, good. They do. Okay. I'm playing it on Switch okay. too. Yeah, it runs great. All right. And it's, uh, so it's, Cause I really like the stories and things like that. Cause I was, I used to also play world of Warcraft. Um, Me too. So, um, you, is you, that kind you're of, an RPG girl. I think you're an RPG is girl. That, is that what I am? I yeah. will, I will say that the stories, especially in a Bethesda game are very in depth. And, um, okay. I'm, I'm such a task completion person that like, I will do a Bethesda game for a little bit and then I have to step away because, 
if you think there's a bunch of side quests in Tears of the Kingdom, it, like it's almost impossible unless you devote your entire life to complete or 100% a Bethesda game. There's so many things. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, I yeah. think it's kind of just what you get when you get into these games. It's, yeah. If you want the big open world and you, you know, you want to kind of become a champion, you know, that's, I could gets complicated just like it would be it does, in the real world <laughs> yeah it's not, it's not easy to become a champion yeah <laughs> not speaking of becoming a champion is there anything you guys are looking forward to this week or anything coming up that's on the docket that you're excited for um i am stage managing oh you're gonna laugh at this i don't know if you've ever heard of Folsom street fair if anybody's heard of that but it's a big leather fair in san francisco and when i and i'm talking kink okay and um i am stage managing a sex party (laughs) what is what does that entail well they so they have djs and performers as well so that's kind of what i'm helping manage but at the end of the day these people are djing for a sex party which D- are, are they, they like- DJing? Are they downstairs DJing? What- <laughs> There's like multiple stages. Okay. Um, it's a bit the party. I'll just put it in first. The party is called Deviants. Like that's <laughs> that's all yeah. you need to know, really. On a um, scale of Bobert to uh, <laughs> <laughs> vaping and booby feeling in a theater, it's probably. Uh, <sighs> I don't even know. Let's put it this way. Nico came home last time and said that they uh, never wanted to see anybody naked again. So okay. I think it's... <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping to just kind of keep my head down and do the work. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's a San Francisco thing. Folsom Street Fair... If you Google it, it's just, it's all the things you want to do in public and that you can't do in public normally. And they do. You do there. Okay. Wow. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. I'm so curious. Man, do we have another hour? Yeah. I'm so curious. <laughs> I know. I know. Way to bury the lead on this one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but it's it's an interesting job. I mean, hey, right now, anything that's going to build the... I, I'm not going to put... I don't know what name I'm going to put on my resume, for, but, uh, you know, just... I get to stage manage, so that's, that always helps. You can um, always say but, NDA, but uh, stage yeah, managed yeah. an NDA worth... Very NDA-worthy yeah. <laughs> event. Name, <laughs> company name withheld, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what that's what I'm doing this weekend. Jonathan, anything from you? <laughs> Any uh, sex parties you're going to invent produce? <laughs> no, I'm what what is there to say after that? I mean, that's that's <laughs> takes the cake. Um, I I mean, I'm excited for our show tonight. I'm, I'm excited to get up and do some improv. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's that's. That's it for this week, really. And I'm excited to play some more Breath of the Wild, but man. Oof. Wait, so are boring. you playing Breath of the Wild or TOTK? No, no, Tears of the Kingdom. Sorry, Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom. I was like, oh, I've really been 
I, he's so no, far behind. I, he's on the first one again. So I know. I went back. I didn't do everything in the first one though. Like it's, I kept meaning to go back, and I, I maybe will one day. I don't know. But this game is so good. I just can't. It's so good. I'm, so I'm not sure if I can go back to Breath of the Wild because I love so much of the mechanics in. Tears yeah, of the, the new mechanics are great. Yeah, they really are. Like especially just like all the different like things that I use like the chew jellies on arrows and whatnot, or like combining those different mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. so different, <laughs> especially all the like monster parts. Like they have so much more value now. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, I am also very excited for the nothing burger show that we're doing tonight. Um, if you're listening to this, you are a little bit late, but you can always catch us on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Um, I don't believe I have anything coming up aside from if you haven't already go back and listen to our live talk. We'll be doing that uh, this Saturday uh, with our good friend, Janae Thompson, who is from advice Hill. So if you haven't already go back and listen to that, uh, that should be up uh, either right after this or right before this. I'm not really sure how we're releasing it. But uh, very excited about that. Please make sure you check out all of the different things on the Geekscape Network. We have so many shows, especially for any kind of geeky, nerdy love that you like. Um, And uh, keep in mind, uh, there is a great show called 91 Donkey Lane that is full of really fun improvisers. And my husband will actually be on that very soon. So uh, keep an eye out for Mark Hampton on 91 Donkey Lane. Uh, it should be a fun one. He told me what character he's doing, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. And Jonathan, if you want to do any fun uh, fantasy style characters, um, let me know and we'll get you on that. Um, they're the same people that do Poof the Magical Game Show. Marie. Oh, that's such a fun show. That's yeah, okay. some Chicago improvisers, so they're really great. All right, oh well, friends, yeah. please, please know that the universe is utter chaos, so please be kind to one another. Marie, do you have any parting words for our fellow listeners? Yeah, um, if you're going to get seltzer water, um, <laughs> make sure that you don't leave it open all night oh. so then you don't get the seltzer. <laughs> it's a good point. You know I, mean? I, good point. I, you know, I keep doing this to myself. I open them up. I don't close them all the way, and then I don't have any seltzer. You don't have so, any bubbles in the, in the rest of the. No morning. bubbles. This is what I'm talking about, and that's why I get the very fancy things, the Topo Chicos, the Perriers. Oh. So you don't I buy them, and I, yeah, I, but I waste <laughs> a lot of them. I'll take like two sips not close it all the way and then think I'm going to come back to some bubbly water and I never do. Ugh. So just, okay. just, just the advice I like to give. It's really good <laughs> advice. It's really good advice. Jonathan, is there anything that you would like to leave the people with? Uh, man. I mean, I think based on the conversation, I would say if you have a partner and you're passive aggressive, don't be passive aggressive to your partner. <laughs> Save it for your emails. There you go. Um, and how how long have you been married, advice. Jonathan? Uh, oh boy, uh, seven years. Okay, seven so years. Jonathan's been married for seven years. So this is clearly solid advice that we should yeah. be giving, at least to myself. And, all right, I won't be passive. Oh, I'm getting divorced. Did you not know? Did I not say? Oh that? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that something no. you look forward to? Just, just, just edit that out. Edit that out. That's not true. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in out of spite because I find it funny. Uh, <laughs> no. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, Jonathan. And uh, you're welcome back any old time. <laughs> Have a great one, everyone. Oh, and we'll yeah. see Thanks you next week. Thanks for having week. me. This is fun. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.